Hello and welcome back to Little MB. <coughs> if you listened to the last episode, you know what this episode's going to be about. <coughs> uh, Stephen King's latest work that he just released. Um, before I do that, I actually just got done listening to another book. And it wasn't my normal style, but... I heard an interview with the author, James Murray, and I was like, you know what, it sounds interesting, I'll check it out. And for those who don't know, James Murray is from that show, Impractical Jokers, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but the thing is, it's been on 10 seasons or more. Obviously, people find it funny. It's just not my style. I mean, I grew up rolling on the floor, howling at Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke's slapstick comedy. At Red Fox is Fred Sanford. Jordan, George Helmsley is George Jefferson. Sherman Helmsley, I believe is his name, is George Jefferson. And Carol O'Connor is Archie Bunker. Just howling at the stupid racist crap they used to say to people. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, my style of humor has never fit in. With my age group. It just never has. So, while my friends are sitting there talking about married with children in class and how funny... I I just never thought the show was that funny. I mean, as I got older, there were certain aspects, certain nuances that I did find funny to the show. But, not... At the age, there were nuances that kids aren't going to pick up on. So, yeah, I, my style of humor has just never been the same. Yeah, I, I like the juvenile humor of Happy Gilmore, but hate Billy Madison. I, I can't stand the overwhelming majority of what Adam Sandler does. Does that mean anything? No. Millions of people find him funny. But either way, I ended up reading this book and and it was it, it wasn't to my taste it's called the stowaway and it, and it's not a dig on these guys because it, it's james murray and darren uh I, I can't remember his last name offhand no offense to the dude but they co-wrote the book and it's about a serial killer on a cruise ship and once you've read a certain number of that style of book it's just, you know, like I said, it's not a dig on them. It's just you get so used to the twists and turns. It's like, all right, they're obviously setting this one dude up to be a suspect. Chances are it's not him. So it's it's got to be somebody else they've had contact with. And the number of those characters... Or just so few and far between. It's like, it has to be this dude. And and it was. But it's... I don't know. Like I said, not my style. That doesn't mean you won't enjoy it. I, I'm not going to... You know, I, I don't like James Patterson. Crap like that. It's... That dude's got a formula for writing books... And just cranks them out one after the other. I'm not even sure he writes his own shit. Or has for the past how many years. 
once you have that formula, I mean, I've read everything that I'm aware of existing by Stephen King. And I'm sure there might be one or two others out there that I'm unaware of. Things along the lines of work he's done with other people. Because this Gwendy trilogy, he did with a guy named Richard Chismer. You know? But I, I, I could probably come close to writing a Stephen King book. That's, you know... That's one of the things that I have to, that makes me so nervous, I guess, about writing the books that I've written and why I'm hanging on to them and not even trying to get them published. Because it's like, all right, even though it's not a horror story what I've written, I want to make sure Stephen King hasn't influenced it since I've read so much of his stuff. Um... I take certain things from the stowaway I don't like. And it's like, hold on a minute. I have something similar. I'll have to go back and check it out and make sure. Because when I'm writing to Western, it's not even a mystery, so it's not a huge deal. But by the same token, I don't want people sitting there going, duh, no shit, you know. So it's, it's kind of hard to explain that way. All right, so Gwendy's Button Box was the first book of a trilogy. According to what King says, at the end of the, that audiobook, him and Chismer do kind of a back and forth. And if you're interested in that kind of thing, we listen to the stowaway, because James Murray and that cat Darren... They do the same thing where they answer questions from fans and stuff like that. And, th and it's cool. It's cool that they do that. But uh, so King and Chismer do it. And essentially, Gwendy's button box was something that King had written but didn't know how to finish it. It was like, I don't know what the hell to do with this. So after so much time, he got a hold of his buddy Chismer and was like, hey, you can do what you want with it. If you can't do anything with it, cool, just let me know. And so Chismer worked on it, got it finished up, King liked it, they published it together. And it's about a guy named Richard Ferris, which the initials RF to any Stephen King fan and the name Richard Ferris should mean something. And... He, he's a character in The Stand, where he comes out as Randall Flagg. Randall Flagg's another character in Eyes of the Dragon, which is more of a kid's story, I believe. Uh, Randall Flagg and his alma mater, like... Randall Flagg takes many forms, shapes, all that kind of thing. He's in the Dark Tower series. And this, and this is going to present a problem for the final book. Now, even though Gwendy's Button Box was published in 2017, it takes place starting off in the 70s. So Richard Ferris can still be alive. But either way, it, it's kind of different because in every other appearance of RF, he's an evil bastard. 
He wants to help destroy the universe. He wants to get control of the Dark Tower, which is a central theme to a ton of King's work. A lot of his stuff touches, over 20 of his books touch on the Dark Tower. Over 20. And, which is probably, it's over 25% of his stuff. And that's not counting the Dark Tower series itself, which is eight and a half books. He has a short story that's a prequel, The Sisters of Illyria, which is a pretty sweet story. I, I love the Dark Tower series, regardless of all the mistakes in it. Um, after the seven book series was done, he came out with one, Wind Through the Keyhole, which is basically two stories wrapped up in one that's kind of cool. And it takes place basically book 4.5 out of the seven book series so either way Richard Ferris is actually a good dude in this trilogy so it's you know when I'm reading the trilogy it's like alright um, maybe this is a setup because RF is not a good dude but either way he gives this 12 year old girl this box it's got a lever on each side. Uh, one lever presents a flawless mint condition, 1891 silver Morgan dollar. And it doesn't produce one every time, but every couple days or so she can get a new one. It's actually how she ended up paying for college because of how much the silver and the coins were worth, yada, yada, yada. The other one, the other lever puts out this little chocolate animal that is the sweetest tasting thing and it it takes away appetite in the sense of like in Gwendy's place she's overweight she's wanting to lose weight and so it doesn't make it to where she don't eat it just makes it to where she's satisfied with the meal and doesn't want seconds things like that it seems to give an euphoric feeling, and it seems to assist her a lot in life. Um, but there's buttons on top of the box. One represents each continent, except for there's only six of them instead of seven because there's nothing at Antarctica. But if you push one of those buttons, a catastrophe will happen on that continent represented by the button you push then there's a red button that you can push and have basically anything happen but essentially there's still going to be a consequence you just don't know what it's going to be then there's a black button on the box that essentially will destroy the world so that's why rf has to be careful who he leaves the box with all right so it's given to her in a canvas bag she has it for about 10 years, gets out of college, and then Ferris shows up to get the box back. The second book, I don't know if he wrote it by himself or not, as far as on iTunes when I got the book, when I bought it and downloaded the audio, the only author listed was Richard Chismer. 
and it's called Gwendy's Magic Feather, which seems like it's just thrown in there so they have something to call the second fucking book. I, I really don't get it. There's a feather in it, and it talks about her having a tattoo of the feather. It tells her how she got scammed by some kid when she bought the feather. But this magic feather, there's there's nothing that happens around the damn feather. I don't get it. It, it just doesn't really make sense. But all right, whatever. Uh, the third book, the one that just came out this year, is... Gwendy's Final Task. And this is where I really don't like it. <clears throat> the first book's a novella. It's The audio's less than three hours. Second book's a novella, less than five hours. The second book's somewhere between seven and eight hours. And... Half of the book is essentially him bashing Trump. And it's once again co-authored King and Schismer. But most of it's just them bashing Trump. And it really irritates me because the whole point of reading fiction is to escape the bullshit. But part of the storyline is... Starting, like, in the second book, she ends up becoming a congressman. And, of course, she's a liberal. Who cares? She's got to be something. But then the third book is about when she becomes a senator. And her final task is to go into space with this magic box. RF shows up again and gives her this magic box... For her to take in on a space trip, they call it a pocket rocket. It's this nuclear-powered rocket that they're just going to send off. She's going to go on a spacewalk and send this magic box off into nothing because things are getting so bad on Earth. And there's characters from the Dark Tower series coming into the play, the, the low men that are wanting to destroy everything. And so it's... The, the, this last book really jumps into the Dark Tower. The company that built the space rockets, the Tet Corporation, if you remember that from the Dark Tower series. But half the book is bashing Trump and Republicans. And what's really fascinating, what's really interesting about this is Trump comes into play because it's during the time period of her election that Trump's in office. Trump's in office. Getting ready for re-election, 2020. And so she's senators or senators for six years, so it's 2026 when she actually ends up going into space. And so what's really interesting about this and that lets you know how biased King and Chismer are is the fact that not one word about what a piece of shit Biden and Harris are. Not one word. Nothing. 
So that, that was real neat the way they planned that. But here's another problem. It, it goes beyond that. They don't pay attention to what they had written before. The box is given to her in the first book in a canvas bag. It ends up in a flooded basement and the bag basically gets destroyed and she throws it away. Then in the third book, when the box comes back to her, it says that it is, he has it in a bag that's all too familiar to her. It's given to her in the same canvas bag, which obviously can't be because it was destroyed and she threw it away. Another place, they talk about how she had it in her possession for six years when she was a kid. Actually, 22 years old minus 12 years old is 10 years. It's, it's just these little stupid mistakes that add to the irritation. Because like I said, I don't give a fuck what you think about Trump. Like him, don't like him. It irritates me when somebody wants to bash everything that somebody does in one political party and can't say a bad word about the other political party. I just made a huge post and ended up being a lot longer than what I intended on Facebook. And I just thought it'd be hilarious. You know, I try to make it in a funny light. But I mean, I started with Clinton, went through Bush and Obama and Trump and Biden and I bashed them all for stupid shit, for how ridiculous they are, you know, all of them. So, I mean, you're just saying something about yourself when you can't do that. And it's just a shame that he would use his work writing fiction to sit and do that. Because like I said, he sits and bashes Trump, but everything's taking place either before Biden takes office or after Biden. Because that's King saying, hey, Biden ain't going to be in office in 2026. That's pretty telling. And like I said, if I want to read fiction, I want to read fiction. I can understand there's a lot of cool things King has done over the years where he ties his stories into real life things that have occurred. You know, like in the button box, she, uh, in the first book, Gwendy's a kid, and that's a GW, just in case you're wondering. It's kind of a weird name, I know. But she wants to know if it's actually legitimate. So she does her research, finds a place in the middle of a South American or Central American jungle in Ghana, focuses on it and pushes the red button. Next day, there's a news report about Jonestown. So there, there's little cool things like that where he's able to tie his story in to make it, even though it's supernatural stuff, he's tying it into the real world to make it seem more realistic. That's cool. And see, the thing is, this isn't the first time he's done this with Trump. Uh, Billy Summers was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty cool story. 
that 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 was about a sniper that became a hitman. But he gets his digs in on Trump even in that book. But it's a lot more tolerable. They're little digs. It's not so much time spent on it. It's just like, God damn, man, shut up. So to me, King really failed. Him and Chismer failed on on this because... The book was between seven and eight hours long. It probably would have been between four and five if he'd have, if they'd have cut out all the bullshit about the politics that had no business being in a book of fiction. And here's the thing. This is 100% truthful. I don't care if you believe me or not. If he would have sat... It bashed Obama or Biden for their bullshit that they did. I'd still feel the same way. Once again, fiction is our chance to escape from the dumb crap going on in the real world. Real world. I don't need to be reminded of all the hate that goes on in this country over Trump. And, it, and it's been real hard to keep my opinions at this because me being the way I am, my natural defense is to sit and talk about, yeah, okay, I understand he was a dickhead, piece of crap, but guess what? He still did a lot of good. You know, it, it makes me want to start pointing out all the good stuff that he did. So that's that's not good fiction to me. That's not good fiction to me. So <laughs> do what you want as far as reading this stuff. It's the first one's a pretty damn good story. Well, and here's another issue. Another issue with the story itself. RF. We learn he gets killed. He gets killed in the year of 1999. In the Dark Tower series. He gets killed by Mordred. So the dude's dead. So how the hell is he showing up. In 2018 or 19. Whenever it is. I think it was 19. How the hell is he showing up in 2019. The dude is dead. Part of me thinks it's cool when, <laughs> like Hearts in Atlantis, he, he does a lot of books where he ties, he'll write a book like Hearts in Atlantis, where the first part of the book's about a dude named Ted Brannigan in The Low Men, and Ted Brannigan is a major player, becomes a major player in the Dark Tower series itself. And so Hearts in Atlantis is almost, there's a lot more to that story. But, like I said, the first 
huge chunk of it is about Ted Brannigan and these low men. Um, another character, D Dinky Earnshaw, I believe. Richard Earnshaw goes by Dinky. Uh, he's in a short story or novella called Everything's Eventual, I believe it is. You know, so it, it's really cool, I think, the way he's done these things. And like Randall Flagg, he's in The Stand. And he's he becomes a player in the Dark Tower series. Uh, Randall Flagg in Eyes of the Dragon. It takes you back in history. It, it's kind of cool the way a lot of these things tie in. But... In this situation, and maybe I just have a bad taste in my mouth because he turned it into such a political story, but part part of my problem with that is he focused so much on that crap, these guys did, Chismer too, they focused so much on that crap that they made the other mistakes about the bag being destroyed and it showing up with no explanation. Uh, the fact that they claimed that she only had it for six years when it was ten years when she was a kid. And I, yeah, okay, I'm OCD when it comes to this stuff. One more reason why I'm waiting on even trying to publish these books of mine, even if I try, because it's like, okay, have I made these mistakes? You know, it's, and this is something that's been haunting me ever since I wrote the books, because he made quite a few mistakes in the Dark Tower series. Now, as expansive as that is, it's quite a bit more forgiving to me, you know? And, it, and it's little mistakes. Like in The Gunslinger, the very first book, uh, Roland loses, he doesn't have his head anymore when he's stumbling through the desert after the man in black, who is Randall Flack. And then later on, before he gets another hat... He's standing on a bridge and the wind's blowing and the wind almost blows his hat off and Susanna pushes his hat down over his head, making him look like a deranged hillbilly. Well, where'd he get the hat? They were never anywhere where he could get a hat. And, then, and that's in the third book. Then in the fifth book, it talks about how he's wearing a hat that a rancher gave him. So, you know, there's little mistakes like that. It, and it's one of those things that always catches my attention. And I want to make sure, <laughs> you know. And it's stupid little shit. I get that. It has nothing to do with the story. But I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's my OCD when it comes to my love of numbers, statistics, and economics, and things like that. Because one digit is out of place when you're taking an accounting class, your sheet's not going to line up. Your credits and your debits are not going to equal. So I, I don't know if that's where that comes from. You know, it's... I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I haven't heard anybody else and granted, I haven't looked into it, but just with other people I've talked to with reading and stuff like that, it's never been a complaint of theirs that I've heard. But it, like I said, it, it, if you would have focused more on the story, and like I said, the audio books, the first two combined, 
are less than eight hours. It's the same length, essentially, as the last book. If you'd have taken the time to listen to them, if not read them visually, maybe those mistakes wouldn't have been made, but instead they're paying attention to political bullshit that, that really has nothing to do with the story itself. You know, so I, I find that annoying. And it seems to me that the Dark Tower was... And maybe he had it in his mind. Well, he couldn't have had it in his mind all along because he didn't even know how he'd finish the first book. But him throwing RF into the story is his tie-in to the Dark Tower series. And it, I don't know. It just seemed like a convenient throw-in to be able to write another book and finish out this trilogy. So, maybe that's just me. Can't say. I mean, if you've read the book and got a different opinion, I'd sure like to know. I'll try to get to the email because I've, I've gotten so many. So many. And it's kind of funny, too, because uh, I talked to somebody and about my podcast or whatever. And I said, you know, what would you suggest to make it better? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, you need to have more people on there. You know, it doesn't matter who. And I was like, well, and it's a buddy of mine. So it's like, shit, come on there. You know, and he just never, he saw the message, but he never responded to it. And it's like, ah, shit. It's like, you know, the, the first one I did was uh, Suzanne, you know, she had a purpose, a reason for wanting to do it. Now, as far as the second guy, uh, Jeff, you know, he was just a buddy. And it's like, all right, we're just going to talk about working out and stuff. And he has different styles to his workout and weight loss than what I got. You know, so and I did not know that going into the conversation. I didn't know it. So it, I thought that was kind of cool personally. So, you know whether it's your way of working out, whatever. I don't really give a shit what it is, to tell you the truth. If you're interested, let me know. Hit me up. Whether it's through Facebook Messenger or email, you know, so questions, comments, concerns, complaints, whatever, hit me up. It's littlemb6580 at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-M as in Mike, B as in Bravo, 6580 at gmail.com. Till next time, y'all take care.